This is the Cole Memo. I am your host, Cole Preston. Every episode is released in audio, video, and transcript format. To find the transcript, audio, or video version of any episode, please refer to the description of the episode that you're listening to. Within that description, you can find a link that will take you to our website, which will display the transcript for this episode and the platforms where you can find this episode in audio or video formats. If you're unable to locate the episode description on whichever platform you're listening from, I get it. Every platform's different. Simply note the episode number and visit thecolememo.com. From there, you can find the corresponding episode. Then you'll be able to find the audio, video, or transcript version. You might also find any links that we referenced during the episode so that you might be able to do your own research or purchase some tasty products that we're trying today. If you're not listening to this episode of The Cole Memo on Patreon, then you're listening to this episode a little bit later than our patrons. To become a patron, go to thecolememo.com slash Patreon. Once again, that's thecolememo.com slash P-A-T-R-E-O-N. It's a great way to support our show, but of course, one of the best ways to support our show is absolutely free. Subscribe, follow, share with your friends, all of that good stuff. Your engagement and support is appreciated. Today is November 20th, 2023, and I am joined by Mike, who makes delicious cannabis-infused beverages. Uh, I don't want to speak on behalf of you, Mike. I'll go ahead and allow you to introduce yourself to my audience. Mike, go ahead uh, when you're ready. And you're muted, by the way. From... uh... There you cool. go. Thank you. Uh, first off, thank you for having us on the show. Absolutely. Uh, exciting for us. We're, um, we're the manufacturers of Kind Canico. We do a, a kind beverage and our goal is, is pretty simple. We want to spread it. We think the world needs a little bit more kindness and we're here to spread it one can at a time right now. Absolutely. And tell our listeners, uh, I just took my first drink, drink, very tasty. This is the raspberry lemonade drink that you have. Tell our listeners where they can find you online. So right now you can find us online at kindcanico.com. We, um, at this time, we, we don't ship to customers. Uh, we do have a couple relationships with liquor distributors. And right now you'll see us in about six states. Uh, Chicagoland's being rolling out pretty fast, pretty hard. Um, You'll see us through some of the Armanetti stores. Our store locator is a great way to find a location where you can purchase near you. Um, it'll be getting updated periodically about every month going forward. What's happened this last month is not reflected yet, but will be uh, after the holiday week. We'll be starting to get some depletion lists. And great news we have for everybody is Anybody looking to share some kindness with their relatives this Thanksgiving, you can stop by your local Benny's and pick up a can today. So those are in stores at all Benny's locations now. Wow. That's a big one. That's a big one. Um, is it Benny's? Is that, a, is that an Illinois thing or am I just? It's uh, Illinois. They have one in Northwest Indiana, but it, it's a okay. Illinois exclusive chain. Yeah. Gotcha. For some reason, I thought it was bigger than that. Still, that's huge. Benny's is a very well-known chain here in, in Illinois and know that your beverages are stocked there. That's awesome. I've got a Benny's near me. So. Yeah, most locations, they're they're easy to find. They're uh, right up near the register. There's a white THC display and you can find all our cans available, singles or four packs, depending on the store locations there. Yeah. And break it down for folks that that 
um, you have a few different product options and they may have seen me display some of them when I was displaying your website, but can you, can you break that down for folks? I like the different product offerings you have. So right now we offer three flavors, um, in two strengths and our three flavors, we wanted to have a little fun with it. We have something that's kind of, you know, common raspberry lemonade, a little bit, that's something for everybody. And then we have two very opposite ends of the spectrum with caramel apple and orange dreamsicle. And where those came from was I picked my favorite, you know, snack as a childhood, which was those little push pops you chase down the ice cream man for. And my girlfriend, Michelle, who, who designed all actually does all of our design work, runs the facility with me. Um, she loved those caramel apple suckers you'd get as a kid with the little wrapper on it. And so we both tried to make one flavor that gave us some, for lack of a better term, some kind memories, uh, something to reflect on while we were relaxing. We thought it would be a, a fun way to introduce ourselves to market. Um, before the end of January, you'll see two new flavors from us available in both strengths, uh, 10 and 25 milligrams. And that's going to be cherry limeade and our margarita flavor, which are if you ask me, I'd say two of our best flavors we've put out so far. We worked with some top food scientists on those now that we have, you know, some of the opportunities have come and the world's being more accepting to this. It's opened the doors to a lot of some a lot of experts being willing to work with us going forward. So we did the two strengths and I actually I have the 10 milligrams here. So we did the 10 milligram in a standard can and our 25 is in a taller sleek can. We'll continue that as we release um, different strengths. That way, even if you forget to read or, or don't remember, you'll know if the product feels right in your hand. That way, mm. nobody accidentally, you don't have to pay too much attention at the store. If you right. like the milligram, you like the 25, or I believe we're going to be doing a five and a 100 uh, soon you're going to know something's up when you grab a 16 ounce can versus a 12 ounce can. You're going to think to pay, or I hope pay attention. Our goal is for everybody to feel well with this, not uh, have some repeats of some of the experiences people have had with traditional edibles. Sure. Sure. But still, like you say, I get so excited when you talk about having yeah, a high dose option, like hundred milligrams. And I didn't think about the idea of, so it's like the, your five milligram cans are like a normal can, like a 12 ounce can, right? Our, our fives are going to be a, in a stubby, like an eight ounce. Oh, okay. Can. It'll be about this big. Our five milligrams will be like those little yeah, yeah. shot-sized cans you see at the liquor stores right now. But then, sorry, the 10 milligrams are in like the 12 yeah. ounce. That's that's cool because, yeah, it's like you grab a regular can, you know, a oh, regular dose. But then it's like you grab a, you know, kind of like one like this. And it's like you say, I like I, that's interesting. I never thought about trying to make that association because yeah. I, could, I could understand – where you come from with your concern, you may not want to have somebody accidentally grab a hundred milligram THC drink and just down it. You know what I mean? But um, so maybe that'll go uh, a long way towards preventing that happen. You know, you know it, it, it may happen <laughs> and it may, but you know what, but you know what the stuff they sell in Benny's, your product is the least of their worries. And, and that's how we felt about it. Exactly. Is you know what, it may happen that somebody may shotgun a hundred milligram can or you're even a 25 right now Yeah, may shotgun one, you know, and we can't stop that, but we do 
encourage 21 plus, we make sure to exclusively work with age-restricted retailers. Um, adults can are free to make stupid decisions <laughs> if they want to, yeah. for, for lack of better terms. And, you know, you do stupid things, you win stupid prizes is a saying I've heard, you know, over the years, <laughs> it's a true one. Um, at least we thought that way. Our intention going into it is when you're trying something new, you usually don't go with, you know, the handle of moonshine, for example, a right. gallon or a moonshine, you might get the pint for your first experience. And we thought that thought process that goes with traditional adult beverages, we, we were hoping carried over here that a newcomer or somebody unknowing would look at, well, let, let's look at the smaller size, the standard size for a standard experience, right? Just like you're saying, we did a standard uh, THC dose in a standard beverage size. Yeah. And then everything else is what deviates from that, either smaller or larger as we go into the future. Yeah, that's super cool. And if you could guess, you know, I, I'm not aware of, I know a few, and we've had them on the show, uh, companies that are selling drinks in Illinois, but why do you, why do you think the field is so sparse right now? It's a great question. I, I think um, some of it plays into what we experienced going forward with it. We tried to, this time last year, we were trying to work with co-packers, you know, mobile canning facilities. We were trying to see what our options were for test runs and they weren't really there. Um, they would say we could do a CBD product. We could do that. Oh, THC. They didn't want to hear about the laws. It was just a blanket statement of, no, we can't work with you. And that was the end of the conversation. And I spent really about two years trying to get this product made with local breweries and, and whatnot. And the uncertainty around it all prevented it. And about a year ago, we we uh, took a leap and, and went and bought a canning machine and learned how to can. We, we spent three or four months with pallets of cans, figuring it out. Um, we worked with a FDA co-packer to make sure our water sanitation, our operating procedures, our cleanliness, our preservatives, all of that was dialed in. But the actual canning experience, we we just took a leap, bought a canning machine and, and went for it. And it was definitely not without its trials and tribulations, I'll say that. Um, but we, we believed it was a, a product that was uh, kind of the future of cannabis. We had tried some cannabis beverages from dispensaries in the past and really enjoyed them. And I thought it would be a, a great way to introduce consumers, both longtime consumers and, right, I, I love the idea of being able to pack up a bomb, for example, you know, and have it hit me right away. But... I, I like the aspects of what edibles give me and having, I felt the can was kind of a happy medium between those two. And it's also a great way to introduce the newcomers and right. putting cannabis in a form that people are used to consuming. They're used to unwinding and we just gave them a way to unwind with kind at the end of the day, wake up with no hangover, you know, no calories, a lot of, a lot of things about our product, actually for that matter, everything in our product, we had the thought of how can we be kind to the consumer? Yeah. I like the fact, I, I don't know, maybe other people feel differently, but I like that there's no carbonation. So we did that. I'm a, a lot of people would call me kind of a 
health nut or health freak with some of my diet choices. I'll just be honest. Um, that's that could be for another day. But carbonation is not great for your digestion. And I think there's enough seltzer products on the market, even now with the sparse market of cannabis beverages that are that's new. I have yet to see anybody else that does anything besides a seltzer. And we just thought we'd try something different. Um, yeah. Yeah, I've yet to see anybody do. Uh, well, I take that back. One company we did just have on, they have a 50 milligram can, but it seems very few and far between where people are actually doing a dose that would be adequate for somebody like myself. Yeah. You know, and I'm in the same boat. I I'm drinking a 10 right now. I'll probably have, I usually have a 25, one or two before bed yeah. around this time when I'm calling it a day, I'm, I'm an early riser around this time making dinner. I usually crack open a can and what I love about them is I can just sip them throughout the evening and I melt away, have a great night's sleep and I'm ready to go at, you know, four thirty-five in the morning every day to get the warehouse up and running and get back to canning. It's uh, somebody like me who has a lot of problems sleeping. Sometimes smoking doesn't always doesn't always cut it. It's uh, I love cannabis, but there's definitely something to be said over edibles versus you know smoking it. Oh yeah, dude, I'm a huge edibles and everything. Yeah. Well, well, besides, yeah, wellness properties. That's a given. I will also say. Well, let's just dwell on that for a moment. I don't mean to breeze past it. Um, the wellness properties are amazing because no matter what, you know, some people will say, oh, smoking cannabis, it's not as unhealthy as tobacco or oh, vaping cannabis. That's not as help as unhealthy as smoking cannabis. Well, you know, it's you know, it's better than, you know, any of those things is maybe not smoking at all. <laughs> right. Um, I'm a smoker, but I, I, and, and know, I, me too. hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, me too. I smoke a joint like every podcast, yeah. but, but, you know, there's something to be said about the, the format. And I will just also say as a user of cannabis, I really feel like with edibles, you can really dial in what experience you want. So again, yeah, if you want to crank it up, start on these 25 milligrams, you know, especially um, with the water soluble, you can, you can really dial it into a very precise, refined feeling of exactly what you're going for that night. And that's that's what we love about making it water soluble in the first place is um, right, you know where you stand. You can pour a glass on the rocks. You can drink it right from the can. Five or 10 minutes later, you just like a mixed drink, traditional adult beverage. You know right. that you want to have another one or not. You're not, you're not guessing. And I think that's the biggest thing. I want to I want to get back to the business uh, conversation we were having in a bit, but I think that's a thing that is so true and and it's going to I think it has the potential to normalize cannabis more than any other form factor because just to give you an example, um I was recently given samples from a different soda company and they were lower dosed, so they just didn't really do it for me to be honest and yeah. but they were still fine and you know what i took it as an opportunity for is i said hey well they're low dosed i'll bring it over to my family's house and offer them up to the family you know because it's real yeah. hard to talk grandma or my aunt into taking a hit off a joint or a vape but when i give them a can they're like well i'll have a sip and they did like I, my yeah. grandma literally and my aunt tried <laughs> a cannabis drink they tried a few sips and they were like hmm it's not, not, it's not bad, you know? So it was interesting. And, um, but, but more to your point, 
I've had another friend who stopped smoking for quite a while. So he was a little nervous about trying it. And I said, but try this drink. You're going to feel it faster than you feel any other edible. And you'll be able to gauge your experience. Would you agree with that? Like it kicks in. It seems like much quicker. I'd agree a hundred percent. I think you feel in my experience and I think it's just like normal edibles. I think science will, will show just like they did with traditional edibles the stomach, what's in there, what you've eaten plays a huge aspect in it. And we all know that yourself being an avid edible consumer, I think you've experienced that one day it's 30 minutes, one day it's two hours. Right. I think with our drinks, it's, it's very consistently, I would say 90% of the effects you're going to feel are 10 to 15 minutes from consumption. You'll still get maybe a little uptick in effects, you know, from the 15 to 30 minute range, but 90%, I think, is right in that 15 minute window and makes it a lot less scary for people. Um, one of the things I know you mentioned your grandma, I was on, I've been on a mission for seven years to make a cannabis product that my mother would try. Yeah. <laughs> and I haven't got her to drink, indulge in a whole can yet, but she has tasted it. So that, that was nice. a proud moment for me was many years I heard from her of, you know, I don't need to use it. I'll, I'll try it if I need it because right. she does all the things we've helped people with wellness over the years. And uh, we weren't new to the cannabis space. We've been in it for, I've been in it about 18 years at this point is, is for as young as I am. I, but it started in the traditional space. I like to call it and then mm-hmm. transitioned over to where I am now many years ago. Yeah. Very cool. Very cool. And yeah, like you say, that's, that's cool to hear that you at least got your mom to try a sip. I, don't I think, think it's cool that your grandma tried it. That's even better. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> but you know, on with both those people, like you, I think we can both agree. It would be much harder to talk them into taking like a little hit off of a joint versus a drink, you know? I, I don't think she'll be alive the day. Yeah. <laughs> right. Before she tries that. And you know, and I think that's, that's fine. It, I don't think smoking's for everybody. I, I know we already agreed. I, I think even yeah. all of us who smoke cannabis can probably agree. We know smoking's not healthy for us. The cannabis, put it aside, but I don't think smoking anything's the best choice you can make. Um, but I think within everything, moderation is key. Yeah. You're not going to harm anybody, you know, doing it occasionally. And I like the idea that we found a way the laws permitted us to do so. We found a way, found some distribution partners to open up for those that may be curious, give them a great way to try it their first time. Yeah. And that's what I wanted to get back to. That's a perfect transition. You know, the law, like you said, allows you to do this. I've been looking at other cannabis operators in the space and I read a really interesting perspective. They said, I just talked to a bank that will take deposits from and providing and provide funding for farm bill authorized businesses, including those that sell, you know, THCA hemp or, you know, THC uh, yep. products. Hemp derived. Say, yeah. Hemp derived products. Thank you. Between that, the farm bill extension and state prohibitions on hemp being decimated in court, the hemp space is almost irresistible. I think the, Hemp Act of 2018 was a, a beautiful thing for everybody involved in the cannabis space and, and even those who maybe don't know it'll benefit them one day down the road. I My favorite part about it is that it made 
everything from the hemp plant, which is everything in cannabis, for lack of better terms, on however you want to refer to it, cannabis is cannabis. And it made everything not a controlled substance. And I think that was a massive step forward for everybody in the industry and all those people that may have never consumed, but one day may greatly benefit from it. I think it's it's pushed the industry forward in so many ways. And what I love about it is they've recognized it, it's hard, hard, much harder to go backwards. Prohibition didn't work. And I think that's one thing everybody can agree on. Um, I'm excited to see the future. We're, we're actively working with some people. I, I, I won't bring it up publicly now, but we are actively working with a handful of groups and, and hoping to see some of the steps we took voluntarily um, come into regulation. I think regulation would be a great thing for the hemp space, but copycatting the way cannabis, I'll, I'll call Illinois out here. I, I don't think Illinois has made the best cannabis policies, for example. And I see you nodding. I don't think I'm stranger in saying that. Half the people that wrote it admit they didn't write the best policies. Um, so I, I hope they put a little bit better forward. And, and so far, what I've seen is most legislators are trying to put, trying to, I know you mentioned some that have been stricken down in court, but I think most are recognizing that that they need to understand the product better, the industry better, and, and importantly, what the consumers want um, to write better legislation that's actually enforceable. And, and I think that's a key part with some of the states that have done things like Minnesota is a great example. I, I talked about this with some individuals regulating potency of products on a serving and package size, but it differs on the type of edibles. Well, why can a beverage have five milligrams per serving and 10 milligrams per can, but an edible can have 50 milligrams per package? Well, what if we sell syrup packets as additives for our beverages? Now we can still sell 60 milligrams. It just, I think the goal from legislators is they want to eliminate some of the loopholes they created, but I think some of the loopholes just truly allowed cannabis through the hemp industry to start becoming what it we all knew it always could be, those of us that have been involved with it, either as a consumer or in the business side for many years. We've started to see the, the beginning stages of what cannabis truly can become in the future. And I think the hemp law has been an awesome entryway for that. But some things are needed, I think, like age-restricted sales. I think product testing is important. Um, you know, accurate labeling, truth and dosing. I, I think there's a lot of things that, frankly, every other industry has that, that the hemp industry could benefit from. It would give all of us with retailers, merchants, a lot more comfortability moving forward when they could see that it was crystal clear. Yeah. And I, don't, I uh, hosted a panel with you know, people that are in the hemp space, in the cannabis space. And there are actually a few people that were in both. They had a license in the Illinois cannabis market, but also we're practicing in hemp. They were a really cool perspective to hear from. We're actually one of those. Um, oh, oh, really? I have two, two social equity justice licenses here in Illinois. I have a transportation license and an infusion license. And 
we're coming on as partners for a cultivation license for the craft grow side. And I think that's one of the things, some of those that we've talked to found an interesting perspective is we, we originally built Kind Canna was originally built for the, our infusion license to go into dispensary products. And how that changed was we were a hemp extraction company for the last five years. And I never understood why, but one of our biggest requests was, can you take the THC out for me? Can you remove the THC for us? And nature has a great way of putting things together, I believe, that, that work. And I think a great example of that is you can look at a full spectrum hemp extract. People that use it report awesome reviews. People that use CBD isolate usually say, yeah, it's a gimmick. Right. And I don't blame them. I, I agree with it. <laughs> so we had started down that route and we saw this opportunity, not just for a quick buck, but we saw this as a way to potentially advance the industry forward. And so we, we've put off using our uh, recreational cannabis licenses here in Illinois short term. Uh, we do plan to bring them into operations before the end of next year and to temporarily work on what we saw is such a synergetic industry, the adult beverage world, give them a kinder way to indulge at the end of the day, unwind and do it with a product that you don't wake up with a hangover. You're not consuming a thousand extra junk calories per night and doesn't have it as nasty of long-term consequences for just trying to get the peace of mind or, or relax from your day. We all need it sometimes. And, I think there's nothing wrong with that. It's just, we thought that the world gave us a, a better way to do that. And we wanted to share that with people now. Yeah. And I feel like that's the consistent story with people getting in the hemp game, especially in Illinois. You know, recently a government official was asked actually at that panel that I told you about um, mm -hmm. with Senate Majority Leader Lightford, I believe. Uh, one of the IDFPR representatives was asked, if you would like to open up a cannabis business tomorrow, how would you do that? And he basically said, you can't, you can't, you know, you can't. And so that's, I think, why a lot of these people have gotten into hemp because, I mean, yeah, you're able to sell these drinks in Benny's. Yeah. You can. And I love that you touched on that. There's other states that have done great programs. Sure, maybe not everybody can open a 200,000 square foot cannabis facility, right? Costs, forget even just the feasibility of running it. Costs are a big prohibitive factory. But some of the states that did an awesome job, you know, California in its early days with the caregiver program, Michigan, Colorado, it, it's really given a lot of these legacy families that made cannabis what it is today, made it, gave it some of the awesome wellness properties that we all know of are familiar with cannabis wouldn't be cannabis without those families and giving them a way to share their work and what they're passionate about. I think they did a great job at that. At Illinois, like you said, if, if you want to open a cannabis business, the fact is you can't just go open one. And I don't think that can be said for many businesses in, in this country. You know, we're, we're a country of freedom and just about any other industry in this entire nation, sure, maybe money is prohibitive, but right. 
you get the money, you can open just about any other business. Most other businesses that I would say are related to this, um, even cannabis in those other states, the money is not the prohibiting factor. You can open as a caregiver for very little resources for what people have in their savings. And you can get your start in the industry that way. But Illinois is one that, that unfortunately, I think for the, ultimately for the consumers and the patients. Yeah. Getting give has never given that opportunity to people. It's even if you have the money to open a very large facility, it, it's still, you can't even just put together the right business plan to justify spending the money. You have to win the lottery, for example. And they literally called it that the lottery in Illinois. And I think there was some irony in that because even to partake in the lottery, it was for most people, not just thousands, it was hundreds of thousands of dollars to even get a, maybe get a chance to participate. Right. And, and be the lucky winner. And I think there's, we could do a lot better, I think, as a state. Yeah. Yeah. And I just think that, you know, so it, it like you said earlier, you'd be willing to be regulated. I've heard that from several other honest operators in the, uh, in this space. And it's interesting. Like I said, I, I hosted a panel, which actually included a lot of the same people that were on Senator Lightford's panel. I don't know if she stole that idea or what, um, <laughs> but uh, I'm just joking. Uh, friend, I, I, I wish I got to go. I, I was unfortunately had plans, but I heard it was a good night. So maybe yeah. I'll have to share some more about it. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, but anyways, in, in my panel, uh, you know, one of the solutions that I suggested actually falls in line with something that you suggested. I said, I'm aware of legislation that would require these hemp products to be labeled uh, 21 plus. I think there was a tax requirement and there was definitely a testing requirement. And I said, so they're because because they were saying the cannabis operators were saying that it's unfair that people like you, Mike, were able to just open up a open up a company and you don't have to comply with all of these testing regulations, which I disagree with. But I'm going to just put that to the side uh, for a minute. Yeah. Here, here you are saying I will play by the same rules that you're playing by. And what they said, at least on my panel, is no. Because because <laughs> if we were to let you all in, that would dilute the value of our licenses. Right. Do you get that? Make a better product. Exactly. <laughs> There's a, you know, look at states. People like to talk about California's now. I think California is going in the wrong direction now, but I, I'll bring when you hear me talk about legislation. I'll talk about them a lot because I did work for five or six years in California's market. And, you know, there's, it is a saturated market when you look at states like California, Colorado, right. Michigan, Oklahoma. But the people who really put out a quality product, a boutique, a designer product, um, they still get $60 an eighth all day long. They still get the price that they set, whatever that price may be on whatever product it may be in. Most people still can't keep them on the shelf. So I think opening the doors, like you said, I, I don't think that's. I think they use the excuse of they don't have to test. That's not fair. 
most of us test and, and do all of those things that they have to do voluntarily because it's just it's just good business practices. You know, we you yeah. should care about what your consumers putting out. You should care that you're putting the the best quality and accurate product out because ultimately that's for the customer's sake, not for any business. And so most of us, I'd say the large majority of us do it voluntarily because we care about our consumers because we know that's what's important at the end of the day. And I think some of the cannabis companies, particularly here in Illinois, like to use it as an excuse, but it, it's not really about that. It's about just the value, like you said. And unfortunately for Illinois, I don't think Illinois companies could compete in some of these open market states. I don't think they would do as well um, because they don't. They, they only operate in restrictive states. They don't operate in free market states. And I just think it's um, what other business, there's not many businesses you could say that that's, that's true, that having more players would dilute the value. I actually thought it was great. Benny's had two other brands in their store. We were talking about today, actually, that we're so happy to see them have other brands in their store because it actually gives enough choices to make a category in their stores, instead of us being in a non-alcoholic section, there's there's a, thankfully enough cannabis beverage companies out there that are compliant with the Farm Bill, that make a quality product, have the practices, and can build the relationships that we're not hidden away on a bottom shelf next to non-alcoholic beer. I I welcome the I wouldn't even call them competitors. I call them peers. There's a, this industry is truly in such its infancy of the legal side of the cannabis industry. There's so much room for many, many more peers to join, partake in similar businesses. And beautiful thing about cannabis is an edible product. It has a bit of an art form, but, but the flower side that ultimately these antagonistic uh, views are coming from, that's where your art can truly shine through is a producer and been to being in business in other states, having friends and traveling to dispensaries in other states. There's some amazing work and you can see the love and care that people really bring through to the plant, some of the live hash rosins that are out there and even some of the edible products that come out to the market using essentially a commoditized ingredient, you know, a distillate derived from hemp or what have you. I, I'm one who I may be unique in this sense, because I even hear this from the hemp guys. They don't want everybody in it. I'm one that says the more the merrier. I, I think everybody should. And I think that's true of every industry. If I want to open a bar, there's a form I fill out to go get my liquor license. I put together a business plan and I can go to a normal bank and, and it's up to my hard work to make it successful. The passion I'll put through in communicating with my peers at the bar, the love that goes into the food, the quality of the products that it determines the success, not that nobody else can compete. Right. It feels like they've removed most or they've tried to remove a lot of the competition from the business and instead placed it in like the application slash license seeking part of it. So you have to really compete to even get a piece of paper. But then after that, you're like, well, I know my numbers. I, you know, it's not that you don't have competition, but you know who you're stacked up against, you know? 
Yeah, that the application process was ridiculous. It was a lot, a lot. And, and a lot of it didn't really actually have to do with showing you knew how to actually manufacture or produce cannabis. The majority of it was with unrelated aspects, I would say. Yeah. And just, um, you know, I kind of get where they're coming from when they say, oh, you know, we have to test, we have to label, we have to do 21 plus. But like you say, most of the operators I'm aware of do that anyways. Here's where I truly think the it's unfair thing falls on deaf ears for me. Okay. It's completely fair. Nothing is stopping them from getting in the hemp space. Right. So they'll, they'll say like, well, they don't have to pay 280E. They don't have to pay the state tax on cannabis. It's like, if you got in the hemp space, you wouldn't either. And nobody's saying you can't. Nobody's making them participate in a lottery to get a hemp license or as many people are aware to extract it, to cultivate it. You need a hemp license to distribute products or retail products. You don't even need a license. Nobody's stopping Like you said, I think that's perfect. Nobody's stopping them from participating. That's the most fair aspect of this whole unfair, fair, he said, she said, that's going on, especially in the state and among other states right now. You couldn't have said it better myself. Yeah. And I just have to say, you know, some people wonder, um, are bigger people getting into this industry? Absolutely. I think the biggest name I am aware of is cookies. They're in the hemp space. Um, GTI, which is a cannabis company here in Illinois is they are. So they have a cannabis drink that I believe is on sale in Illinois called can. You can also find that in Minnesota. Yep. I've seen them can. They're a great example. They did it. They did it. Um, Snoop Dogg. He just announced a week or so ago that he's dropping his dog pound vapes, which are THCA vapes. Yeah. Has nothing to do with his quitting smoking announcement, by the way. But I was gonna say I saw his quitting smoking, but I, I saw you'll have to maybe you'll know the brand name. I saw him quitting smoking, but he's also launching an edible line. I know Mike yeah. Tyson in Tyson Ranch out on the West Coast. Tyson Chong. Yep. Cheech and Chong, another one. I've seen them as far east as Massachusetts with the liquor distributors. Yep. Um, 1906, which is a company that's in Illinois. They've dropped a hemp-derived THC pill that strips directly cons- to consumer, I believe. Oh, that's cool. I haven't seen that one. It's yeah. new. I, I think that's one of the coolest things is, I'll be honest, every day I see a new product in this. Every day I see a new big name like you were just talking about. We can complain and try to regulate and obliterate opportunities or why don't just take the opportunity in front of you? That's what's awesome about the hemp space right now is it truly does give a level playing field for everybody. Everybody and anybody can join, can get involved in it right now. And it's awesome. It gives consumers a way to get it at a place they already frequent and save a few dollars at the same time. A lot of times. Yeah. And you know, some of these people, um, at some of my listeners, I mean to say, ask, you know, why did, do people get so passionate about this issue? 
And I want I'm curious on your perspective, but I'd like to just first say something that I learned from a defense attorney, which is that, you know, with the way that we enforce cannabis in the state of Illinois, it's not like if I start selling cannabis, like cannabis flower, for example, with high levels of THC, that I'm going to get, you know, like, let me, let me start without cannabis for an example. Um, If I start selling liquor out of my house, I will get like probably a pretty serious fine for distributing liquor without a license. But if I start selling weed out of my house, I get some serious criminal penalties. So on one hand, it's a business fine. On the other hand, we're using the criminal law. When people ask, why is it so personal? I say, you're trying to turn honest people into criminals. I'm curious what your take is on this. I I would agree with you. You're trying to, myself and the others in this space, we didn't write the laws. And I don't believe we're exploiting them at all. We're just following them. And that's all it comes down to. I'm happy to help them write ways to regulate this. There's a lot of things they missed the first go around that if they had done it with regulation when they made hemp, I think the cannabis industry as a whole would be way larger than it is. I'm, But I, I can relate very much to what you say because I that's how I qualified for a license is, um, you know, in the past I was criminalized. I, I wouldn't say victimized, but criminalized by the war on drugs. And, and I lost my freedom over it. And it's, it, I feel personally about it for, I think one reason most importantly is I got a felony, we'll just say it for what it is. I got, I have felony charges in convictions for cannabis um, back over 10 years ago now. I was a senior in high school and got caught with a large amount that I was selling. There's no, nothing hiding it. I was convicted. And was this in Illinois? I'm sorry. This was in Illinois. It was in suburbs of, of Chicago land. Yeah. And it it wasn't just like you said, a fine because I was making money and not being taxed or whatever, like liquor, the liquor example you gave, it was a lot more serious than that. And I, I was sentenced to three years in Illinois prison Um, but you know, what makes it most personal for me is I did my time. I learned my lesson. I followed all of the rules. I didn't violate parole. I I got a job. I actually worked in pharmaceutical industry while I was on parole. And, uh, that was a good story for another day. They didn't believe I was being truthful. And, but still to this day, I, I now have a cannabis license here in Illinois, the same state that determined I would be a felon. And the worst part about it, I think for the the people that were a a victim of the war on drugs is they they always brag about it. We expunged records, look at how many people we cleared. Well, you only pardon the people that, you know, maybe smoked a joint once, it didn't impact them. But the people who actually were impacted were this, were the felony amount in Illinois was 28 grams. Plenty of people cons- buy that just to consume it, even for medical reasons back in the day. But that felony, even after you do your punishment, serve your time, 
that still impacts you in many ways throughout your life for the rest of your life. And it, the war on drugs became a lifelong punishment for many. And I think that's why I can say that's why myself, I feel so passionate about it is, is I have a lifetime black eye for lack of better terms with the state, with insurance, with driving, everything across the board that's regulated. And it's not just as simple as, oh, well, you can do it now. I, I can, but that doesn't fix some of the penalties that are, are still prevalent as a result of, you know, what the state and what the governments did to people that now they say, oh, just give us a little cut. We're, we're, uh, we'll forget about that, right? Right. Well, and one of the things that I think is uh, interesting, I'm just stepping over here to turn my heat off. No um, one of the things that I think is interesting, uh, and I'll bring up something that a, an attorney wrote, um, that law that you were charged with was likely the 1978 Cannabis Control Act, and it is still largely in effect to this day. So if these, let's call them protections, even though I'd call them protections. Actually, it's it's a way in which the federal law is a is ahead of the state law. Some people might not agree with that, but I think I think if the federal law is what's protecting you right now, it could easily be argued that federal law is ahead of state law in this case. I'd I'd agree with you as well. There's yeah. some contradictory federal laws on cannabis, but in many ways, because of the hemp law, the federal law is light years ahead of most state cannabis. It, cannabis as a whole, I'm talking about any any form of the plant right now yeah absolutely absolutely i'm gonna step over here really quick to turn off this heat um it is getting hot in here um i was just telling you after i turned off my heat i'd love to have you back on the show and, and i know that i'd have to make it happen when my friend comes back on he found your drink he was in he said he was just stopping by a local liquor store i think i ended up telling you which one it was but i can't remember off the top of my head now Eddie's near the city i believe Thank you for mentioning it because we've got Chicago listeners. So they're going to be wondering where they can find it. And, it, and once again, folks, you can go to kindcanico.com and they've got a store locator. Um, so, you know, find your local store and get some drinks. But anyways, he said he was just thinking while he was there, you know, I should really tell them that they can do this. There's no reason they can't. And he said he literally turned around and saw your drink. <laughs> it's as if the stars aligned. So. It sounds like it. And that's, it's still a hurdle we're getting over today, even with their distributors and, and suppliers is that, especially here and in other states, oh, cannabis can only be sold in dispensaries. And I think that's, we've gone away from it and back towards it. And that's one thing I haven't mentioned is the cannabis laws are so odd. And yeah, if you look at Cannabis, like the government likes to refer to marijuana, mm -hmm. the recreational cannabis markets and hemp, you're talking about two of the same products and regulating them in totally different ways. And, and an analogy I always give to people is like, do we re regulate red wine and white wine differently? That's we, a good point. We don't, yeah. right. we don't regulate people by color either. We don't regulate cherry tomatoes and sweet tomatoes differently on an agricultural level. They're both uh, agricultural crops. Simple as that. Tobacco, whether it's going into cigarettes or cigars, it's regulated consistently across the board. And cannabis and hemp are 
somehow, some way we, we split the same product into two different categories and have, and I think that's what's re- resulted in such odd, restrictive in some senses in s- truly what America is about freedom in other senses with the hemp act. Yeah. And we get such a two polar opposite ends of the spectrum because of it. Absolutely. Yeah. If I could, the way I like to explain what you just laid out is, you know, you've got the scientific term, right? Cannabis. And just to take us back folks to, to, uh, biology, binomial nomenclature, you would have like cannabis sativa or homo sapien, or in the case of a tiger, panthera tigris, right? So that's the scientific term. That's science. But then you have this thing called law over here. And we've (laughs) defined what is marijuana and what is hemp, right? And like you said, that is the legal definition. Some people are like, don't use the word marijuana. And I agree. Typically, I use the word cannabis because that is the scientific term for the plant. But the legal term for the plant that has more than 0.3% delta 9 THC is marijuana and the legal term for the plant that has less than 0.3% delta 9 THC is hemp. And I, for folks that just, it doesn't still make sense. I love this graphic from box Brown. Who's been on our show in the past. He's got this comic called legalization nation. It's a perfect thing that kind of sums it up. I feel visually you've got a gummy here and most of it is the CBD gelatin, sugar, and cornstarch, but the 0.3% here is the THC, and that is completely legal. I, that's actually a great, great visual representation right there, in my opinion. And just to talk about your drinks for a second, because you were telling me, I think it was you, maybe it was somebody else actually on my show. It's interesting that, so the, the, um, well, this doesn't really say it in this comic, but I believe that the law actually says 0.3% THC by dry weight. So I've heard that with drinks, since it's a wet, I mean, it's a drink, <laughs> the way you guys like, or at least uh, I've heard of other companies, the way that they will try to make sure they comply with this is they make it so that you can like boil the drink down and it'll still be 0.3 or something or what? That would be true for our drinks. Um I know I saw some of the guys that like first came to market with some of the smoke shops last year around this mm-hmm. time. Uh, and most of them have, have kind of phased themselves out. So I, I won't name names, sure, but they were just calling it since it, and I've heard different opinions. I've even heard this from testing labs, accredited testing labs. If you make the THC water soluble and put it in the drink, well, it's with the water, you can't separate it, but I I haven't tested it. I think you're right. If you boiled it down, it would be separated. And that's one of the reasons we make our drinks very sweet is it gave us the flexibility to go into higher doses in the future with some of the same flavors. And I, I think it's important that to us that we found a way to be consistent with federal law for the dry weight basis everywhere we potentially operate. And, and that law is true for other countries as well. So I, I hope that we could be a multinational brand one day. That would be very cool, I think, to open what's been done here in the United States, which we know you talked about some huge names getting involved. Cookies is in it. Cheech and Chong, Snoop Dogg, Mike Tyson. 
Um, I haven't seen that or heard about it as much in other countries, but the laws are the same. It, it, I think we should be able to bring this to the people in the other countries. And I, I think like the liquor store owners have would say to us is they were pleasantly surprised. They didn't realize as many people did like cannabis <laughs> and just didn't talk about it. There's still such a stigma around it, but and I, and I agree there, there still kind of is. I go over to my grandma's for Thanksgiving. She's not gonna, she doesn't smoke. Her generation, it was a common thing, but she doesn't, she's probably not gonna welcome me sparking a joint in her house. I don't blame her. She probably doesn't want smoke around her kitchen table, but I know she's not gonna have any issue if I open a can and wanna enjoy myself, just like everybody else is doing there. Because you're. this gives you a way Myself, the others you've had on the show, we're providing a way that you can do it without impacting anyone else around you, for example. And I think that's one thing the cannabis industry needs to advance itself, right? I, I recognize some people just don't like the smell of smoke, for example. And we have no smoking laws. I, well, I kind of agree to cannabis as well. I'm I'm not a kid anymore. I'm not going to hotbox my room and enjoy it like so many of us probably have over the years. But I think you grow out of that phase. Yeah, and I'm actually going to grab another uh, can right now, folks. This is something that has never been done on this show before. But hey, I just <laughs> need another. And I think I want to just say that um, I think your statement about not affecting others is mostly true. The only thing I will say is that when I opened up this can, uh, I opened up one of these at a friend's over this weekend and he said, hey, can I have one? So it did imbue some jealousy. <laughs> well, but, sometimes you got to maybe you wanted the whole thing, but sometimes you got to pour pour half on the rocks for your buddy. To that's enjoy. what I that's what we ended up doing. I had <laughs> one left. I said, hey, we'll split it. We'll split it. Oh, so, I'm Glad to hear it that we inspired you to be a little kind while while you were indulging yourself. So <laughs> you're slick with that, with that being a little kind. I like that. Well, we're we're still um we're still trying to find ways to, to be kinder to the community with this brand. And we have some ideas and it's something that I hope we can share with the people next year. Something we're working on. I'll just say that. Well, cool. You heard it here first, folks. Well, once again, I just want to say kindcanico.com. You can also find them on Instagram. It looks like at kind.canico. Uh, we right. follow them. You fo you should follow them too. Look for them in your local stores. They've got the dose for you. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. You got the once I, once again, you've got the five milligrams, the ten milligrams, and the twenty five milligrams. In the future, you might have more. Yeah, right now just ten and twenty five. Um, oh, sorry. I keep saying five. The five is right. a new thing. Yeah, right. Five is what I think what most people are doing. Most mm -hmm. of the peers out there, I know a lot of people have, for lack of better terms, kind of thanked us for, for putting out a 10 and 25 milligram because most people Me. are doing two, three, two and a half. Yeah. Maybe a five if you're lucky. And, and I was like you, I, I'm not a heavy consumer anymore, but like to at the end of the day and I, I don't really want to have to drink four or six cans before I go to bed just to get the relief I might be looking for. Right. So, right. yeah. Yeah. It's literally, you know, it is 
the main reason I reached out to you, besides the fact that you're another one of these businesses, the fact that you had the 10 milligram and the 25 milligram, got it that time, um, since it was higher dosed, I was like, this is my brand. This is the brand for me. Well, I hope I can convince them. I, I think we will soon. We we would have had a hundred by now, but we had a, a distribution partner that was put the brakes on that one. Hey, that's uh, okay. You know, we'll get there. But we we did the ten and twenty five real simple. The ten is the standard dose in the cannabis industry. It's what everybody familiar with. And and for the newcomers, just like a gummy, we recommend you to start with half a can. But unlike a gummy, you won't forget what time you took it or anything like that. You, you'll know you can go grab it out of the fridge or, or save it for tomorrow. And we thought the 25 was the most responsible way to put out a higher dose for people that do have some tolerance or, or know where they want to be. Right. Mm -hmm. it, yeah. it was the most responsible way to start in our opinion. We've all, all know, had those buddies that can drink a few hundred milligrams and long-term we don't want to leave them out either. Yeah. So. I love that. I love that. Like you said, with some of these other drinks, you know, respect to them. They're tasty and they're good for some, they're good. There's definitely a market for them. Um, but this, this is my market right here, higher dosed cannabis beverages. And um, yeah, like oh, I say, it's, I'm it's really awesome. glad, glad we, we found you. It sounds like actually, rather than you found us, we, I, I, your friend finding it in the store. I'm really glad to hear that. That's, that's how you found out about us that, means we're accomplishing what we set out to do and just give people a convenient way. Yeah. The more kind way. <laughs> terms. There you go. And I just got to say, you know, um, my listeners will, will know this in the future, but you know, you've got, you've got uh, a fan in me. I mean, I know I've made that very, very obvious so far, but it's, it's, I'm just trying to really lean in. You know, everybody says support local, and I feel like this is one of the best ways you can do it. You you are literally from Illinois, right? Before you, you said yeah, near near Aurora is where yeah. I'm from. But even so, you 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 work and live here in Illinois. You treat to the the you contribute to our economy, and I think that this is a great way to support local. Um, you know, it goes it goes right to the source. So, um, even the ingredients are all sourced from Illinois hemp extractors as well. Um, very cool. Some of those from Illinois farmers, I, I will say the extractors that we work with, a lot of them are sourcing from other states throughout the Midwest, including Illinois. But it's, uh, thank you for the, the kind words, and we appreciate it because we've run all our businesses here. I want to keep them here, love the team that we have we could never do or, or be as far as we have been so far without the team that we have behind us, supporting us, manufacturing and canning and doing all the product development. There's, there's a lot of teammates that go into this. So it, it's not just myself. There's more than a handful of us involved in this product. So it's awesome to see it start hitting shelves, delighting consumers. Nonetheless, that's the most rewarding part for all of us. Yeah. And I just got to say that, you know, as kind of a last thought on this, this whole thing, uh, in a weird way, I'd like to thank you and others that have taken the lead because, you know, I'm a consumer, I'm a fan of these products, but that's obviously not a very powerful argument for some people. And 
I just feel like when you're talking about taking away somebody's livelihood, which is exactly what some of these people are proposing, mm-hmm. it's such a powerful argument. I mean, you've you've started a freaking company, you and all these other people. And so I just want to thank you for putting yourself out there and and you know, doing what what you're doing because there's no reason you can't. It's it's all clearly part of federal law. And it's very interesting to hear some of these attitudes. Oh, it's unfair. All oh, this or that. And it's like, but <laughs> you can get in it too. Like, that's what's so great about this. Like I could, I could start a coal memo soda company start today. Tomorrow. Right. What flavor you want to make? You should come by the facility. Yeah. Let's make a cold <laughs> coal memo, like a strawberry, some sort of strawberry drink, you know, maybe That'll a be. strawberry margarita. Stra- yeah. Yeah. That or yes. Yeah, yeah. That sounds perfect. The Cole memo strawberry margarita drink. We'll pop one open at the beginning of every show. There so. you go. We'd love to be a part of that. And uh, yeah, the hemp industry has done some amazing things. It's glad to be a part. We wouldn't change it. And you know what? We're uh, regardless of what happens with legislation, we're just going to keep a positive attitude and, and keep yeah. doing the best we can for for everybody that uh, appreciates what we do and maybe those that don't know they appreciate it yet. I, I think that's the awesome thing about doing the beverages is seeing how many new people are willing to try this and, and realize it's not so scary, for example. It's uh, just a choice is yeah. all that an adult I think should be free to make. Yeah, very well said. Well, before we go, um, was there anything that you had wanted to mention today that I didn't give you the space for? I wanted to be sure to give you space if, if you didn't get the chance to say anything. No, I think I rambled plenty. With cool. <laughs> but uh, thank you for inviting me to talk about, frankly, what our whole team's accomplished here in Illinois. And I hope we could do it again sometime. Oh, absolutely. This is not the last time I'll reach out to you, but if something comes up before that happens, you reach out to me and we'll make it happen. Okay. Sounds great, man. Really appreciate the time and the opportunity to be here. Yeah. Well, once one more time, folks, it's kindcanico.com. Kindcanico. Get it at a local store near you. Take care, everybody.